0: Hey, everyone. The It's All Journalism team wanted to remind you that we have an email newsletter where you can get all the latest news about our podcast. Go to our website, itsalljournalism.com, and follow the link to subscribe. Thanks, and enjoy the episode.
1: There was a, a danger if Democrats couldn't come up with some sort of agreement on how to classify fentanyl as a Schedule One narcotic or whether to at all, at least certain types of fentanyl, And so I get to cover those stories you don't hear a lot about, but they're really important questions that they're debating up here.
0: Despite what cable news might lead you to believe, covering Congress and the Senate in particular is not always about covering the political battles. Sometimes it's about diving deep and digging into the nitty gritty of some very wonky subjects. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. You've probably seen this week's guest, Zach Cohen, on C-SPAN, Fox News, CBSN, and SiriusXM. Zach's the National Journal correspondent for the U.S. Senate, and before that, he covered the Senate and governor campaigns for the National Journal hotline, a twice-daily newsletter. Zach is also, and perhaps more importantly, an alum of American University, which is probably how I first met him. Zach, welcome, finally, to It's All Journalism.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: So I say finally, because I think I asked you on the podcast about seven years ago, and for various <laughs> reasons, that never happened. But I'm really glad to get you on the podcast, because I have, you know, I've been seeing you pop up all over the place. And it's really great to see that you're established yourself as a uh, correspondent for the National Journal.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I feel like it's been sort of ships passing in the night for the two of us <laughs> for a while. So i we could connect.
0: Oh, for sure. I think we saw each other at ONA meetings and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So first of all, you know, how did you get interested in journalism? And, and how did you get interested in political journalism and specifically?
1: It sounds a little cliche, but it all goes back to the sort of growing up. I grew up in northern New Jersey, you know, just outside the New York area. And my parents, it seems like constantly had, you know, CNN or NBC on the television uh, and a copy of the New York Times and Time magazine on the, on the breakfast table. And I was sort of immersed in news from an early age. And I think generally most interested you know, this is my sort of first news understanding is, you know, it was sort of 9-11 and the beginning of the Bush administration. So foreign policy ended up playing a, a pretty key role in sort of my understanding of how, you know, the the news industry worked and sort of what, what was important. And so that's really what sort of got me interested at first. And so sort of then through High school, I, I wrote for the school paper and continued that when I went to college, at, like you said, at American University. The rest, they say, is, is sort of history. I, I got lucky coming out of college with a, a job at National Journal, and I've been there ever since.
0: Before we turned on the microphones, we were talking, and I thought you'd gone to SOC, School of Communications, but you actually went to the School of International Service. Were you thinking about going into international service, or, or did you sort of approach that as a way to increase your understanding of, of politics?
1: Yeah, and I've never considered, you know, being a, a diplomat or, or going into politics myself or anything like that. When I was looking at schools, I, I sat down with a, an editor who works here in D.C., so this must have been, gosh, uh, 10, 12 years ago, and I asked him for advice, know, I worked at a major publication, and I said, if I want to go into journalism, what would you recommend I do? And he actually recommended not majoring in journalism, he said, go get a background in something other than journalism, so that way you can report with authority on that topic. That being said, I don't really cover international affairs <laughs> that closely anymore. I'll, I'll sort of touch on it when Congress is debating things like the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, for instance, but it's not my my bread and butter. But that being said, you know, I said, okay, I'll go get my major at the School of International Service at AU in DC. But I then minored in communication, which is what they call the journalism major or minor rather, took a couple of classes, made lots of great friends and professors, connections, that still served me today, and I worked at the school paper, which was really the best kind of education you can possibly get for journalism. I ended up becoming editor in chief, but also covered, you know covered the student government and student life and and stuff like that. So I I ended up sort of learning journalism in practice rather than in the classroom.
0: I think a lot of people like myself have heard of the National Journal, but they may not understand you know what it is in sort of the political sphere of how. DC is covered. You know, what do you see as the the mission of the National Journal?
1: Yeah, so the National Journal as as a journalism source has been around since 1969. And it's up there with places like, you know, Roll Call or The Hill or Politico. There's a host of these sort of general audience publications. We do have a print publication that does go all to all 535 congressional offices, to the executive branch, to lobby shops around Washington. And basically our job is to report on Washington. We've got a a team of reporters that cover both policy with a pretty heavy focus on covering Congress as well as some of the executive agencies. And then we have another team that covers campaigns for the most part. And so our, our job is to sort of explain to people both in Washington and across the United States how Washington works, who are the players, who are the forces, what are the motivations that are driving these lawmakers to create the kind of policy that you see coming out of Washington including, you know, multi-trillion dollar bills are, are really sort of simple ones. You know, we sort of run the gamut and try to be pretty comprehensive in our coverage in that way.
0: It's funny, you know, when I started working for Federal News Radio, which is now Federal News Network, which really covers the federal bureaucracy, there's a lot of coverage of how D.C. works. It has almost nothing to do with politics. It's just the functioning of the government, how certain things are paid for, How decisions are made. You know, obviously at some point there is a political consideration and and money needs to be allocated. When you began working for the National Journal, did you have any idea particularly where you wanted to end up?
1: Yeah, so I started working on the campaigns side of things. You know, I worked as a a web producer, sort of being a, a copy editor and, you know, putting the newsletter together twice a day, waking up super early to do that. Eventually, I I sort of bugged the editors enough to start letting me writing about campaigns because that was the team I was on, right? And so I'd always been sort of a political junkie, but I've never really covered campaigns before then, except maybe the the 2012 presidential race for, for college. And so I sort of started off on the political side. But as you mentioned, there's so much that happens in Washington, where politics sort of informs what happens, but it is not only campaigning all the time. There's policy wonks and there's think tanks, and there's really serious discussion about the kinds of policies that need to be passed in order to make the United States a, a, a more functioning democracy. And so that was a shift I sort of made it a couple of years ago, where I'll still sometimes cover campaigns. But for the most part, I'm here talking to lawmakers about, okay, how are you going to get this continuing resolution passed to avoid a government shutdown? How are you going to means test community college or student debt relief? these are all the sort of nitty gritty questions that lawmakers and their staff have to work out on a daily basis. And that's the kind of stuff that we end up covering more nowadays.
0: Is there some aspect of the Senate is your area or are you pretty much able to go to whatever, you know, you see is the newsiest items or the thing that interests you the most?
1: I'm pretty lucky. My beat is pretty flexible. It is just the Senate. I don't really cover the House (laughs) that often. We have another reporter that does that and does a terrific job at it. And then we also have policy reporters that focus on things like healthcare and energy technology. And and so they've got really got a grasp on those areas. And so basically everything else that the Senate is debating kind of falls on me. I started covering the Senate back when Majority Leader Mitch McConnell was in charge. So it was a lot of covering judges. So I built a, a really keen interest in that in the judicial confirmation process. So I ended up covering the confirmation of Justice Amy Coney Barrett, both of President Trump's impeachment trials. I covered those. And so it's really just whatever the, the story of the day is. So there's a couple of committees I end up paying a little more attention to, big spending bills. So I'll you know watch the budget and appropriations committees a lot. And Like I said, judges is, a, is a, an interest of mine. So judiciary I end up spending a lot of time bugging lawmakers on that particular panel. But it really does depend on sort of what the issue of the day is. And then I get a chance to, you know, if I see a really interesting bill, you know, float across the transom, you know, I'll say, okay, I'm going to go look into this. I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. A couple of months ago, there was a debate about whether the DEA should retain some of its enforcement capacity to crack down on fentanyl distribution. It's a little bit wonky, so I'm not going to get into all the details, but it sort of became a bigger question about criminal justice reform. And there was a, a danger if Democrats couldn't come up with some sort of agreement on how to classify fentanyl as a Schedule One narcotic or whether to at all, at least certain types of fentanyl, the DEA was going to lose its enforcement ability. And so I get to cover those stories you don't hear a lot about, but they're really important questions that they're debating up here. So
0: because, you know, there are new things to write about every day in the Senate, and there, there are so many senators and committees that you have to sort of keep track of, You know, how do you organize what you're going to, you know, work on? How do you prioritize what stories you're going to be reporting?
1: I've got a little bit of structure. Every Sunday, we end up writing a sort of look ahead, a sort of here's what the Senate is voting on this week, which is really handy for a publication like ours, where I can sort of dump a, a reporting and sort of touch on a couple of different issue areas that are all coming up at the same time. Like, for instance, they're voting on more election overhaul legislation before the People Act this week. So I was able to write a little bit about that. Even if I wasn't going to write a full blown story on it, it's still telling our readers, hey, you should go ahead and watch this. But then that allows me to say, okay, that may not be like the topic du jour, but I can use the rest of my my days to say, okay, what committees are coming up, which meetings are happening, which votes can we expect, you know, which campaigns are coming up that maybe, you know, I can, you know, do a profile on somebody. And then I can use the other days of the week to drill down on those particular topics. And so I'll usually you know, talk to my editor every day, but especially on Mondays, and we'll sort of track, okay, so here's what's happening this week. Here's what I'm thinking about writing. Here are some of the things that could pop up that could derail my entire schedule, but here's what I'll work on in the meantime. And so you know, we end up you know, trying to be a little flexible and make sure that we can find what really works for the moment.
0: So I would imagine with a job like this, there are a lot of things that come up where suddenly you have to become a, a subject matter expert, or at least expert enough to write a particular type of story, you know, how often does that happen? And, you know, what strategies do you have to try to understand something that's going to be debated or voted on?
1: Yeah, I mean, typically, you know, any number of things could sort of come up and say, oh, I've never covered community college policy before, just to, to pull out an instance. We were just talking to Senator Tammy Baldwin, and that came up. So that's fresh, <laughs> fresh on my mind at the moment. And so, you know, I would probably go Google around, okay, what has this lawmaker said about this particular topic before? Have there been hearings about it? Maybe I'll go watch the hearing. Maybe I'll go read a congressional report about it, you know, reach out to some uh, think tanks or experts, maybe a professor at, you know, at American university or or somewhere else and try to get a sense. And I'll just tell them sort of, you know, maybe explain this to me and I'll say like, here's sort of my understanding of how this works. Because by the time I reach out to anybody, I try to have sort of a layman's understanding. And I'm making sure that I understand sort of the finer points. We're not a trade publication, so we don't get too deep in the weeds. We sort of, we're trying to balance between, like I said, sort of a general audience and the policy details. But you got to know the details well enough to be able to explain it in layman's terms and get it right. And so, luckily, nothing really surprises people up here a lot. People usually know that an issue is coming up. And so if I know, oh, I'm going to have to write about, you know, the reconciliation process, I better, you know, bone up on Senate rules and procedure regarding that, I have a chance to do that. And I've got some sources that I can sort of go back to time and time again. And ask them all of my dumb questions. (laughs) And so I don't sound so dumb when I write about it.
0: As I mentioned at the beginning, you you appear on C-SPAN, Fox News and other outlets talking about the stories that you're reporting. You know, how does that figure into your job? I mean, what does National Journal expect you to do? You know, what are your responsibilities and even what's your approach to it?
1: Yeah. I mean, my responsibility is always to make sure I can file for the deadlines that I have that week. I'm lucky that I don't file every day. So I do have time to make sure I'm doing the research and getting all the context that I need for whatever story I'm filing, you know, the next day or the day after. And it does allow me to do things like, you know, broadcast hits. And I'll, and I'll try to do those. Typically, they have me on very early in the morning when nothing else is going on just yet. And they're mostly asking me about reporting that I've already done. And so it's an added way of, of making sure that the reporting that I'm doing is reaching as many people as possible. And it's, it's good practice for making sure that I'm explaining it to people and not just in, in wonky terms. There's a, a habit I find that reporters sort of get into the jargon of the people that they cover, which is always something I try to avoid. And so doing these you know, radio or TV hits for a broader audience it makes me, a, I think, a better reporter in the long run.
0: Cool. That is pretty neat. I always kind of wondered how that sort of works into what you're doing, whether, you know, somebody's telling you, you have to cover these things, which I guess is not the case. It's more, more likely that, Hey, you're covering this. Can you please come in and explain it on our, on our show?
1: And plenty of times people will reach out and say, Hey, can you talk about XYZ topic? And I'll say, I don't know anything about XYZ topic. (laughs) And so I'll try to refer them to one of my colleagues or I'll say, I'm sorry, I really can't help you on that one that's a skill I've sort of learned over time. I haven't always made the right judgment about, you know, sort of which of these appearances I should take, but sometimes you just got to say, I'm not really an expert on this. And for me to do so, one would be sort of outside the lane of what I usually cover, or frankly, I just wouldn't have time to, you know, to update and call my Rolodex on that particular topic. So it's always up to me, you know, no one's, no one at work is saying you got to do this many hits or anything like that. It's totally optional.
0: So tell me, because I, I gotta kind of ask because you're a, you're up on the hill almost every day. Were you on Were you on the hill on January sixth?
1: I was not. I ended up not coming to the hill that frequently during the pandemic, and this is you know something that we talked about as a newsroom very seriously, especially after the first couple of weeks when it was apparent that the pandemic was going to be sticking around for a while. And we basically said, you know, National Journal is is not going to be the place where our readers are going to go for every individual update. And so we sort of made the decision that it was going, there was going to be a high bar to go onto the Hill. And so it ended up meaning calling our, our sources, either, you know, lawmakers themselves or their staff or lobbyists who may be, you know, in the loop on legislation they're, they're talking about, but it's, it's hard. It's a lot easier when you can sort of go up to a, a senator and say, tell me about your thoughts on X, Y, Z legislation, as opposed to, you know, reaching out to their office and asking for a comment, asking for an interview, hoping they get back to you before your deadline. And so now during normal times, yeah, I'm basically up here, you know, every day or at least two or three times a week. But there is a lot of good reporting that you can do when you're not on the Hill, when you're not waiting around in hallways for Senator Chuck Schumer to walk by. And tell you, you know, how great things are going, or how hard we're working. And so that was a sort of a, a different skill set that I ended up working a lot, a lot harder during the pandemic. Was finding new avenues to get the information I was looking for.
0: And there are a lot of journalists who do that in this town that primarily are covering Congress remotely because actually there's a lot of material and resources available to them, you know, online or, or just a phone mm-hmm. call away. So anyway, we're kind of kind of wrap up here, but can you tell me what what is it you like about your job?
1: I really like that I have the flexibility to sort of cover the stories that I want to cover. You know, it's fun covering the big stuff, the big bills, the impeachment trials, the Supreme Court confirmations, cabinet confirmations, all of that stuff. But I also get to, when a, a subject really interests me, I get the leeway to really dig into it and do a deep dive on it. I think one of the stories I'm most proud of from last year was I sort of broke the news that Senator Rand Paul had a hold on anti-lynching legislation, basically a bill that for the first time would make lynching a, hate, a federal hate crime, which sort of surprised, I think, a lot of us when we realized, oh, it's not already. And that's a topic that obviously I had not covered before, but I sort of heard it through a couple of sources, and I was able to do a deep dive into the history on it and and talk to advocates who had been pushing it for a long time. And that's not something that you always get a chance to do when you're trying to get every little scoop on whatever is you know on tv that day for instance you know or whatever you know at, at least in, over the last four years what president trump had said that day right and so i get the write profiles i get the right features trend pieces data dives and that and that's the kind of stuff i've really been enjoying
0: you know thinking back to yourself you know 10 or 12 years ago thinking about a career in politics what would you what advice would you give to somebody who wants to sort of have a job like yours
1: go work for your student newspaper if you're in high school or, or college it's honestly there's no better way to learn journalism just by doing it making mistakes learning from them and getting better at it next time how to write concisely and clearly and you know reaching out to sources and getting to know them and getting them to trust you with the information that they can give you for broader consumption and i would say there's there's obviously a lot of really talented reporting operations here in washington there's A lot of really great reporting happening outside the Beltway, too. You know, one of the the things that really worries me is that you're seeing fewer and fewer regional reporters here on the Hill, you know, fewer reporters working for a large daily newspaper that is based in a different state. And you're seeing less coverage of state houses. And those things are just critical because there are so many things that I'm sure are falling through the cracks every day because there's not a reporter covering the local town meeting or the local state legislative committee meeting, or a bill that has a very particular effect on a particular state or region. And so that's the kind of work I think people should really take a lot of pride in. And if and when there are those openings, you know, the major dailies that you can think of or the networks are not the only place to work, there's a lot of really good reporting that needs to be done. And so it's it's a really rewarding career, if you get the opportunity to do it.
0: I've been talking to Zach Cohen, the National Journal's correspondent for the U.S. Senate. Zach, thanks for coming on the podcast. I hope to have you back on again sometime. Take care. Of course. Anytime. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Lameo Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.